Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. All right, let's um, let's get ready for the vision-driven life. How many of you were here on Sunday? And uh, you learned something on Sunday? Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm always excited when I teach God's Word. Alright? It's, uh, don't, don't take it for granted, the truths that you're hearing. They'll change your life. Amen. Uh, you know, sometimes it looks like your life is not changing. But other people looking at you know that you're changing. So, uh, make sure that you don't take these teachings for granted. Listen to them again and again. They are free. Okay? Pay attention to them. Praise God. Let's pray to get into the Word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your Word. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, we're looking at the vision-driven life. And we're in part two. We did talk about, I'll just say this very quickly, that there are several things that drive people. Okay? And what are some of the things we mentioned? Look at your notes, tell me. What are some of the things we mentioned? Number one was what? I'm not hearing you. Circumstances. Number two was what? Trend. Number three was what? Friends. Number four? Money and what? Fame or popularity. Okay. But then we said the last set of people are the people that are driven by what? The God-given vision. And that's who you are. Praise God. Now, we talked about uh, some of the key things if we want to fulfill our vision. We talked about knowing which opportunities to take. Am I right? That Jesus did not take every opportunity. Imagine that you're a footballer and you're going to the stadium to play football and you now saw a basketball team and, and you're a very tall footballer and you now saw a basketball team. Then they now say, ah, you are very tall. I think you can join us. You now come down from the bus and join the basketball team. Do you think you'll be successful? Praise God. So on your way to success, on your way to greatness, not every opportunity should be taken. You should take opportunities that aid your vision, that are in line with your vision. Then we said you would, um, in, if you understand vision, you understand that you'll be judged in life by what? By your purpose or your vision. All right. Then we talked about the discipline of vision, that there are things you must do. Did you write that down? Okay. That there are things you must do. Now, those who get their vision fulfilled develop daily routines. Everyone say daily routines. Let's say it one more time. Let's say daily routines. Now, there are things we have to do daily to get into our vision. There are things we have to do. Nobody works or stumbles into greatness. Praise God. Nobody just wakes up one day and becomes great. No. If anybody wakes up that way and becomes great, it's because somebody had actually paid the price for them. So let's say, for instance, 
There are certain things our children will not go through now because we have gone through those things. Or there are certain things that your children will not go through because you've gone through those things. So, uh, even if your children are stepping into that, it's because you have paid the price. There's some of you that your parents own houses, right? That are rent. Okay? Regardless of the size. You know, uh, <laughs> so even if it's a small cubicle, but that your father owned it and is on rent, and they are paying you, no matter how small they are paying you, uh, if somebody else's father did not build a house like that, there would be nothing to rent. Do you, do, you, do you agree with that? Do you understand what I'm saying? So if your parents built a house and they left a house for you, you are automatically a landlord. Right? You are a landlord by birth. <laughs> do you understand that? Now, but your parents were not landlord by birth. Your parents were landlord by what? By hard work. So what I'm trying to say is, even if you come into a place in your life where you find yourself in a great place, it's actually because someone had paid the price. And what you should do is not rest there. What you should do is what? Build on that so that the next generation of people coming can do what? Can get into something higher. We must constantly not rest when we talk about our development and our expansion. So you said there are things you must do for some of us. We need to get an education, take online course, stay awake to read, take time to pray and study, take time to fast. And you know, an area of your life you don't develop, in that area you would fall short. That's the way life is. Praise God. If you, if for instance, if you don't develop knowledge where finances are concerned, you'll fall short there. If you don't develop uh, things around spiritual growth, you'll fall short there. And every area you're falling short in fulfilling your God-given vision, if you would discipline yourself to study along the lines of that area, you become more effective. So actually, you can transform your life by the power of choice. Doesn't matter how far you've gone. Doesn't matter how far... You know, one of the things I believe strongly in my life, it's this. It doesn't matter where I am. If I'll take steps, the right steps from today, and give it a matter of time, you can get to where you need to get to. You can become better. You can, you can, you can absolutely be transformed. Are you following this now? Are you here? Alright. The next one is that, what's the next thing? Humility. That your vision will require what? Humility. And what example did we give here? Tell me. What example? Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist. All of you that were here on Sunday, which example did you hear? Talk to me about the example of humility. Which one did you hear? Did you hear the example of Jesus being baptized by John the Baptist? Did you hear that? Sure you heard it? Praise God. That's what we said. Matthew chapter 3 verse 15. That there was a face Jesus needed to humble himself, needed to humble himself, so that John the Baptist can do what? Baptize him so he can fulfill his God-given vision. We all need humility. Are you hearing this? Are you here? The way you are writing is like we're not here on Sunday. <laughs> we're correcting your notes. Okay, so, so... So, on Sunday, your, your mind was somewhere. Today, you came with your mind. Praise God. Alright, so, 
Humility is required. There are areas of your life where you require humility to get better. You need to humble yourself. You, you need to humble yourself. Sometimes you might need to go and learn from somebody who is lower than you. Huh? Let's say you want to go back to school. Right? And you now go to the class. You realize that you are bigger than everybody. Huh? You say, sit at the back. You now sit at the back. That it takes humility to learn. Because then they correct you, say, ah, this, 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 ah, you are the teacher, you are age mates. It's just because it's not for condition. <laughs> but you need to learn. Many times, pride keeps us from becoming better because we feel we don't need to learn. You know, even as the pastor of this church, there are things I need to learn. I don't know everything. Are you following that? If, for instance, I might need to learn some things from my wife, and if I don't learn them from her, maybe nobody else can teach me. I need to humble myself to learn. Are you following that? You know, sometimes we're doing something on the computer, and then uh, my son comes around and we're trying, oh, can he help us? And then he starts helping us. If we say, Nami, born you. We will get it done. Because giving birth to him does not transfer technological knowledge. Are you following this? If we would keep our pride, we will become better. There are many people now whose life is being destroyed just because they are too proud to say, can you help me here? They, they know they are failing, but they rather keep their falling dignity than say, can you help me? That's what killed Lazarus. Uh, killed, um, what's this now? Judas Iscariot. <laughs> if your pastor says, it was Lazarus that betrayed Jesus. You know, you, you know, you should look up the church on Sunday, Abby. And you repeat it many times. Say, when Lazarus betrayed Jesus, the pastor is Judas. Judas say, no, it's Lazarus. <laughs> okay, so Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus, but he could have repented. But he didn't. Peter denied Jesus. And Peter did what? Repented. Later, Peter became what? An apostle. Repentance is a product of humility. Non-repentance is a product of pride. So when you understand that to fulfill your vision, there are times and seasons of humility where you would have to go down. Don't always think you are right. Don't always think so. In life, don't always think so. Humble yourself. And say, oh, okay, I'm not. And make adjustments. Even in the areas you think you're right. Be humble enough to learn to get better at that. Praise God. Alright, so that's recap. So, we, I, I want to look at two things today. Anyone who understands the power of living by vision will know that every genuine vision takes time. I, I really want us, you see, not to be people who are in a hurry. Every genuine vision would take time. Anything in this life. A strong church. A strong home. Raising strong children. It will take time. Praise God. You see. <clears throat> uh, many times. Let me use football. Many times you look at a football uh, nation. I don't want to use club now. You look at a football nation. For instance, those European nations. They will set a target and say, we want to win the World Cup. 
Then they would look for younger players to replace older players. You know, they'll set a target. They would start going to camps very early. They know that to win the World Cup alone is not by playing the matches. A lot of things are involved. And they set that target and they go for it and they go very far. But you know your beloved country. Right? We just realize that ah, World Cup is next two months. Ah, we have to win it. Uh, why, why, why won't we win it? Then we start praying. You understand that? Then we start praying. Then you just realize, ah, they said one Nigeria is playing very well in Poland. They will take two months to beg that person to come and play. They have not, they just heard. They now beg, beg. Say his mother is from England. Then his father was an Ijebu man. Before they went to Poland, ten years ago. They will now gather everybody that for the, sometimes it is in the camp. Some people are meeting themselves for the first time. They just realize that, ah, the jersey they were supposed to bring, one commissioner did not sign. So they quickly picked some jerseys from Lagos and then players are wearing jersey that even there they are ashamed to wear it. And you understand that whatever you wear, your self-esteem, you know, works in it. And then they go to the same field. And then you will see us praying, 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 praying. And at the end of the day, you know, struggle, struggle, struggle. And then our country likes giving us hope. They will lose one. They think they are coming home. Say, I, I'm not watching them again. And they will win the next one. Say, hey, hey, I told you they were just preparing. I don't, I don't watch, I don't watch the Eagles. I told you, they are ready. And then they win the next one. Say, I told you. And the next one they will lose. But, but what you see there is lack of vision. And that's how some people's life play out. They are driven by circumstance. If people say, this is where we are going, they'll join the bad one. People say, oh, that's a wrong road. They'll come down. And that's how their life is. You are entering into another year. What's the vision? What's going to drive the year? Are you waiting for what the year will bring? Or you are determining how the year will play out? Are you just waiting? Right? We just hope next year will be different. How? Say we are praying. Yes. What's the vision that you're running with? You see, when Jesus came, he had a God-given vision. Remember what we're talking about? We're not just talking about sitting down and designing anything for your life. We're talking about God-given vision, right? And that's what we talked about, Jeremiah and all of those people. When Jesus came, there was a time he sat down and was asking the Pharisees and the Sadducees questions. At that time, he already knew. He says, will I not be after my father's business? But he was asking questions. He was not, he was just asking questions. Another time, he was working with his parents, doing carpentry work. The next phase of his life, he went, humbled himself before John the Baptist, answered the call to ministry, chose his disciples, taught, performed wonders, signs, miracles. At another season of his life, he started talking about his death. Then he went to the cross. He resurrected. He ascended to the Father. Jesus walked his life in faces. All of our lives are in faces. You are at a particular phase of your life right now. And one of the things that prayer helps you to do is to know which phase you're in. You see, there are certain phases. The Lord would have exposed you. The Lord would have raised you. Then he calls you back to himself and prepares you for the next phase. Because certain mistakes at one phase can be okay. Certain mistakes at another phase can be disastrous. Are you following this now? Hey, are you here in church? You realize that there were certain times they asked Jesus questions. 
And the Bible said that they asked him with an intention that he would give the wrong answer so they would kill him. If he had not learned how to answer questions properly, he would have answered questions that would lead to his death even before the cross. So, there are certain times they will ask him questions. He will also ask them questions back. When they can't answer him, he will also say, I can't answer you. It wasn't every time he was trying to show that he knows the answer. There are seasons of your life you just keep quiet. You're not trying to show you know everything. There are seasons of your life you need to speak out. He says, things I've declared to you in the secret, shout them at the hilltop. You see, understanding of the season that you're in is critical to fulfilling your God-given vision. Learn to use time in your favor by developing the art of patience. Don't expect people to understand your grind when God didn't give them your vision. Sometimes we want people to understand us when they don't have the vision that we have. Who would have understood Nehemiah when he said he's going to repair the broken walls of Jerusalem? They'll tell him, keep your job there and send money home. We'll do it for you. Why are you coming? You don't need to come. But his vision required that he will be what? He will be there. Joseph's vision, fulfilling God-given vision for Joseph, required that he would forgive his brothers. How many of you know that forgiving his brothers was not a very easy thing? You think it was easy? No, it wasn't easy. You see, forgiving Joseph's brothers did, wouldn't bring him much, permit the use of the words, wouldn't bring him much joy in the flesh. What would have brought him joy in the flesh? Tell me now, what would you have done? Uh, let's see, you know when he said, well, that brought you more joy in the flesh, it looks like one mysterious Bible answer. If you were Joseph and your brother sold you, what would you do? I'll tell you what I'll do. <laughs> you know what I'll do? <laughs> uh, someone say, Pastor, will forgive them. Lie. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll make them sit in front of the church every Sunday. I use them to preach. You see, you people should not be like my brothers. This one, that day you were selling me, did I not tell you? <laughs> you, know, you know, I'll be happy. You know, you know how when people offend you and bad things happen to them, that thing you feel like, mm-hmm, I'm the anointed, I want to play with fire. That, that's not of God. Forgiveness is of God. Are you following this now? And if you're a man of vision, forgiveness must be a tool you carry always so you don't get offense in your heart on the way to fulfilling vision. Because the enemy will try everything they can to hurt you. From people close to you, from people you trusted, and everything will just happen. And that's what Jesus modeled for us. That's why, listen very carefully now, many people in this life are not making progress and are bitter because someone did not help them. Instead of that to serve as a motivation to say, you know what, I'll take this lesson. I'll go and I'll assume responsibility for my life. They live all their lives bitter. That someone didn't help them. Then you also now ask yourself, how many people did that same person help that have actually become so, so, so better? When you actually look at it, you realize that even at the end of the day, whether you're helped by someone or not, there is a place of personal responsibility you need to assume to be able to come into your God-given vision. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I, I want to read two scriptures. Hebrews 6, verse 12. We're looking at God, uh, the vision-driven life. What should power our life? What should drive our life? What should be the fuel behind our life? Okay? What should be the fuel behind our life? What should be that thing that pushes us? 
that is directing us even though many people are not seeing it. We're not just moved by circumstances. There are things you need to do. Because of my vision, I need to walk in this life. Because of my vision, I need to walk in this life. Because of my vision, I need to do this. Look at this. So that, well, it's not good to start reading from so that, but, but let's just... Let's just take it out. Okay? It says, so that you will not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherited the promise. You see, that word inherit the promise, we can actually make, we can actually exchange it with this word, replace it with this word, fulfilled their vision or saw their vision come to pass. Talking about Abraham. God told Abraham, I'm going to, um, you're going to have a child, right? And I'm going to bless you. They waited and waited and waited. And Sarah came with a suggestion. Hey, Father Abraham, my Lord. <laughs> There's something that has been coming to my mind. Say, what is it? Say, you know, this issue of, yeah, we're going to have a child. God has many ways can make things come to pass. And one of those ways can be true Hagar. And the people I'm saying, well, if you say so, who am I? And you know how some certain things get manifested quickly. Kept with Hagar, he was praying, I told you. And he gave birth to Ishmael. And then Ishmael showed them. Ah, Ishmael. To the point Abraham literally had to send Ishmael out. But you see, lack of, faith, lack of patience might produce things in your life, but it might not be the things God wants. So we don't judge your life by what is produced. We judge your life by the God-given vision. If God says you will give birth to Isaac, we don't judge you because you have Ishmael. We judge you with Isaac. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, we, we, see, remember what we talked about on Sunday. That we will be judged by our God-given vision. So we are not just judged by results. We are not just going to be judged because things are working. Ishmael worked. But the Bible says that if we are also going to be people who are fulfilling vision. Let's look at that word. It says we will not be sluggish. Have you ever heard that word? Have you heard the word sluggish? Are you here? Have you heard the word sluggish? What do, what do you think? When you say sluggish, what comes to your mind? Lazy, okay. What? Slow. Uh-huh, what again? Think of it. Yeah. Dictionary uses three, three definitions for it. The first one is slow. Moving or inactive. Say, let's not be slow. Hmm? In this sense, don't have a vision and just sit down. Don't be inactive. Don't daydream. Don't just say, one day things will turn. Start doing something daily to turn that thing. Number two, lacking energy or alertness. You know, a sluggish person drags. Don't drag through life. Get up in the morning with a purpose. You know, the way to know uh, when you are sluggish is, you know, this uh, awesome town and wonderful weather 
can make someone sluggish. You know, bunny race starts around three. Around three, you just hear thunder. Ah! <laughs> and then by 4.30, it starts raining. By 5, the main one. Around 5.30, heavy rain. Yeah, you know, sometimes I commend uh, people who do school runs. Ah! They're almost telling the children that don't, don't go to school today. And then the rain is very funny. Around 6.30, now stops. So, show the lazy people who didn't prepare. You know, but getting out of bed, that's how you know someone who is sluggish. Hmm? Someone who rolled from the end of the bed to the other end, cover themselves gradually, uncover themselves, put pillow, do all the kind. He's still on the bed. Meanwhile, somebody who is alert and active is what? Is up. Don't walk into your vision like that. Don't drag. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If there's a book to read, get about reading it. Don't drag. If there's a message to listen to, get about listening to it. If there's a work to learn, go and learn the job. Don't drag. Don't be sluggish. Don't, you see, we don't have an example of being sluggish in the scriptures. Rather, the examples we have are people going about their vision, being alert, being active. The, 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 the next definition of sluggish is slow to respond or slow to make progress. Very slow to respond. Don't be slow to respond. Huh? Depression thrives where there's sluggishness. That's why I say that when somebody starts getting depressed, they start getting quiet. They don't talk so much. They start stay, staying alone. Huh? Start sleeping. Start off in the light. Everything is pushing them into a dark corner. Have you seen somebody depressed in the football field before? <laughs> I hear what I'm saying. Even, you know, I use football because, I mean, that's the only sport that, that I watch. I mean, if there are other sports, fine. But that's the only one I have time for. Okay? Even when they are defeated, you see that when a team is scored against and they lose the match, if it's a serious team, hmm, that goal against them does what? inspires them. And sometimes even when a team gets down to, to 10 men, one of their members have a red card. You know, sometimes a team that gets down to 10 men is difficult to beat because everybody comes like, okay, we're not losing this match. Maybe they feel the red card was unfair. What happens? There's an alertness. But if you, if you I mean, you, you, you score against a team, then everybody's just strolling, strolling. There's a way everybody will just put their head down. You just know that, that this is one day. are not coming back. Their attitude shows if they would respond. You see, your attitude in life should show that you are not sluggish. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you get to that place you are learning your job, let them know that an apprentice that really wants to learn has showed up. Don't just be looking at the time. When do we close? When do we close? When do we close? Eh? Don't go there sluggishly. Bring tools for me. You will drag and drag and drag. There are things you will not be able to fulfill in this life if you're not alert. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you, are you, I said, are you hearing what I'm saying now? Don't be sluggish. Tell your neighbor, don't be sluggish. That's very important. Okay? Don't drag. You, you are even dragging the, the thing I told you to do now. That's an example. Don't be sluggish. Don't be sluggish. You are, you are sluggishly saying don't be sluggish. <laughs> Praise God. Everywhere there is alertness, there's life. Your vision should give you life. Your vision should give you passion. Let me tell you, there are many things in this life that would come to quench your vision. And one of the things they do is they sap your joy. Praise God. 
Put yourself your joy. And let me tell you, there is no amount of sadness you have that will produce victory. You don't say, let me just get so sad. Then from here I will launch. No. You can't launch from sadness. Are you hear what I'm saying? In the midst of defeat, keep your joy. Keep your momentum. Don't let the devil have the last laugh. This looks bad, but I'm turning it around. Let every setback be a setup for a comeback. Every setback. Make it a setup for a comeback. Every area of defeat, make up your mind. In this area, I will not be defeated again. Get books, get materials, get yourself up and say, Watch me, devil, I'm coming back. Real strong. That's how to approach life. That's how to approach a God given vision. It's not like you take defeat here, you lie down. You take defeat here, I mean, life will throw you out. Because I'll tell you, you think you're facing challenges right now, the higher you go, the more challenges you face. Praise God. You know, some of you thought that there were problems in life until you became the, the leader of a group. Huh? You think leadership is easy. Time, I was the president, forget it. Dollar. Hi, hey, no doubt. They will not even be using dollars. <laughs> until they made you president of your cooperative. Now you realize that to lead people, as far as two, or, when the scripture says where two or three are gathered, I'm there in their midst. You know that, man, God needs to help people everywhere two or three people are. Because people have different agenda, different objectives, thinking everything. You say something, somebody saying something else. You, I mean, what you don't say, somebody saying something about it. See, the way he kept quiet, I know. What you the man kept quiet? I mean, what do you know? He said, I know. I was reading the quietness. I was reading the quietness. I was reading the quietness. I just understood everything. And the man was quiet. And maybe he was, the man was just blanking out. I mean, genuinely did not have anything. How many times have you heard that people say that? Say, I just understand that quietness. Say, me, I can reach people. <laughs> Praise God. So you understand that in life, if, if you want to fulfill your vision, there has to be a lightness. Don't be sluggish. And he says, but imitate those who through work Faith. Faith. What is faith? Faith is the Greek word pistis. P-I-S-T-I-S. It means belief. You cannot fulfill a vision you do not believe in. One of the most inspiring scriptures that, you know, I love so much was Nehemiah. He said this. He says, we are doing a great work. We cannot come down. Oh, I like that. What was the great work Nehemiah was doing? He was building a fence. You know, it wasn't like Jeremiah, uh, Nehemiah was sent to go and build Jerusalem. He was sent to build the fence. They completed the fence in 52 days. That's about 52 days. Math, math, mathematics people. 52 days, I mean, is it more? Uh, two months, right? Is it two months? No. A month and... Yeah, 60 should be two months. Alright, so a month and maybe three weeks. So imagine a fence that was completed for a month and three weeks. Do you think that's a big project in your mind? fence. It's not that you build the whole fence with one year. It was not a fence as thick as the fence of Jericho. History has it that two chariots could ride on the fence of, of Jericho. It's not that thick. In fact, Tobias and Sambala said that if, if something climbs on this fence, it will come down. 
<laughs> I mean, imagine you are building something. Somebody that tells you that if cockroach climb on this fence, it will come down. You, you know what? What you what will be in your mind to do is to first of all come down and use the trowel to to break his head before the cockroach climbs. That will be always your mind. But you know what? He pursued that vision. He believed in it. See, you cannot excel in what you don't believe in. You've got to believe in the vision that God has given to you. You've got to believe in that assignment that God has given to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Believe in that call. Believe in that anointing. Believe in that ministry. Believe in that assignment. Don't give up your belief. Don't give up your faith. That's what the devil is after. Believe. Have faith. That's why when people lose faith, it's easy for them to commit suicide. That's all, that all someone needs to lose in this life is hope and faith. And nothing will make meaning. And that's what the devil is always after. Faith. True faith. Somebody says faith. And what's the next word? Patience. We like to teach on faith a lot. But very little on what? Patience. Some vision will take time. Hmm? And that's why you have to learn patience. Learn it. Cultivate it. Discipline yourself to be patient. We live in an instant society. It's quick. Things are quick. Huh? Quick, 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 quick. You want things quickly. And that's why you discover that sometimes, again, we, a lot of things are being faked. And, you know, because things are not going through process. Anything you want to do, somebody says they can do it quickly. You took, you took three years to, to add weight. Hmm? Let me use weight for example. Because there are many examples. Right? Took three years to add weight. You want to drink tea. One pack. <laughs> I didn't say the name. But you want to drink one pack of tea. Twelve. And lose all that weight. In one week. One month. Uh, the one that has one month has patience. Are, are you following that? Hmm? You used the last five, of your, five years of your life to make bad decisions that brought you here today. Eh? You just want that after hands are laid on you. You didn't go to school, but immediately hands are laid on you. You just understand engineering. And you, what you just want, the testimony you want to share now is that the MD of an oil company just called you. So I don't know how I got your number. But I just want you to replace me and be the new MD. That's how we, that, I mean, is that not how we would like to be? See, I want to share a testimony that will shock everybody. Don't shock us. Just live your life. Are you following this? There is process. Come on, everybody, say process. There is process to life. And listen to me, saints, enjoy the process. Fall in love with it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, don't feel embarrassed by where you are today. Don't feel embarrassed by what you're going through today. Don't feel embarrassed by your struggles today. It's part of the process. You know, sometimes I'm in the office and I say, Oh, let's take a picture of the office now. Because in the days to come, this will form part of our story. I'm so sure of where we're going. I'm so sure of what God has put in our lives. Thank God we took some pictures when the church started. Today when we, we do um, uh, meet pastor and the first time we talk, talk to people about the history of the church and we look at our first picture and everybody's surprised. It's process. 
Enjoy the process. Why would you enjoy the process? Know that this is not the final full stop of your life. This is not the final bus stop. You are on a journey to fulfilling your God-given mission. And this is just a matter of time. Those hearts, those um, situations coming, the grief you're going through, the things you're going through are just circumstances and they are temporary. What we see is eternal. The vision is eternal. And I love what my late mentor, Reverend Tony Ate, used to say. Don't build permanent structures on temporary sites. What you're going through now is temporary. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Now, I'm reading this book. It's a beautiful book on, 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 on marriage. It's a good book. And the guy was sharing stuff about this. And today, to see how the Lord has used them, transformed their lives. And they, they're helping other couples, and, and it's so amazing. So beautiful. So beautiful. About taking things and walking through process and becoming better. There are people who were born poor, and they developed vision. They started businesses, right? And they, from there, begin to employ people. Every area of our life. Every area of our life. You see, give yourself time. Work with time. Never be in a hurry. And, 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 and you know, I mean, people say this all the time. It's, you know, sometimes you get something today and it looks like, oh, if you don't get it today, if you don't get it today. How many of you remember when SIM card came at first? If, if you don't remember, we send it to children class. How many of you remember when SIM card came? Huh? How much was the first? How much were they selling SIM card then? Huh? 35,000, 32,000. Huh? And they looked there like if you had SIM card. Ah. You had breakthrough. Maybe your, only your father will have one for the house. So they'll drop call. Tell him I'll call by two. Hmm? And then we just kept living. We didn't do anything. Just kept living. Thank God for glow. And the Lord raised. <laughs> in due season. At a point, they were now giving SIM card free. Am I right? And then you, some people who now had four. When they are giving numbers, say which one? Say just call anyone. <laughs> they have all the network. Is it sometimes in life the things that we are so permit? Well, let me not use that word. But the things we're so permit, I'll have to use it. The things we're so crazy about. Permit my use of that word. The things we are so crazy about and desperate about. If we would just be patient, a time will come in our life. We we'll look back and we we'll say, "So is this it?" Today, now, some people want to switch off their phone. They don't want disturbance. Huh? And then phones started coming, phones started coming, phones started coming, and phones started coming, and phones started coming. People dropped their vision for these things. Some people lied so they can have these things. Some people did stuff they shouldn't do so they can have these things. At the end of the day, whatever they have lost might not be regained. But what they have gotten is now everywhere. So a man of vision is a man... Three things we learn from this verse. Please don't forget. A man of vision is a man who is not sluggish. He's active. Actively do something. Listen, if you don't have a job in this church, don't sit at home. Go to where they are building. Go early. And go like you are ready to work. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Go to the market. Look for women that have bought something and they cannot carry. Tell them, can I help you carry them? You say, ah, 
I've worked, I've earned millions before. No, it's not the millions you earn before that is needed now. It's what you're earning today. The memory of food does not make you full. You know that, right? How many of you have eaten some very good food in your life once before? Maybe you went to a party. They gave you very nice jollof rice. And any day you are hungry, do you just say, Ah, I remember that jollof. Oh, and then you drink water. In fact, if you remember that, it will make you more hungry. So the memory of what you had before is not what you're going to live by today. It's what you work today. And we're going, to, we're going to see that in the life of Jesus. The principle of despising the shame. We must learn it. And that's why in our nation, we have to, we have to, we have to preach again, including to the Christians, the dignity of labor. Favor does not eradicate hard work. Favor does not eradicate labor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? As children of God, we should approach work with joy. Let's read the scripture. I'll show you something. Go to Hebrews 12. Two. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. Okay. Fixing our eyes on who? On who? On who? Jesus. So we're looking at an example of Jesus. Okay? Who is the author and perfecter of our faith? Who for the joy set before him. What did he do? Endured the cross. Did, did, did you read enjoy the cross? Did Jesus enjoy the cross? Come on, I didn't hear you. Did Jesus enjoy the cross? What did Jesus do with the cross? You know, you know, there are some of us who use the cross as pendant. Hmm? When you finish dressing, dress, well, put all your makeup, everything. I say, ah, give me my cross, give me my cross. And I wait. You know, it's joy for you when you wear Jesus hanging on the cross. You think if Mary catches you, not my wife, <laughs> if Mother of Jesus catches you hanging his son on your chest and bouncing. And she remembers what they did to Jesus on the cross. You think what they did? They will tear your chest apart. <laughs> but look at this. Jesus did not enjoy the cross. Jesus did what? Endured the cross. Why did Jesus endure the cross? The answer is there. You can't feel this. The next, just the next time, just look up. Why did Jesus endure the cross? For the joy that was what? Set before him. So the joy that was set before him, we can call it vision. The vision of his resurrection caused him to endure the cross. In life, your vision will cause you to endure some things. Are you hear what I'm saying? Not enjoy, endure. When you are going to school, it's endurance. When you are saving that money, it's endurance. When you are cutting down, everybody's doing like this, it's endurance. Listen, if the joy, and that's why I said, your joy must not be stolen. If the joy of the fulfillment of that vision is in your heart, you will enjoy the cross. Listen, we've got to teach believers again. Everything might not be rosy, but if we want to see the joy that's before us, we've got to enjoy it. The next thing. Two things Jesus did there, and then we'll close. What's the next thing? Despised what? The shame. Mm. You know, to die on the cross was not fanciful. Imagine creator of the heaven and earth. Right? Jesus. 
This is the Son of God. The, the whole earth has not seen anybody like him before. And then on the cross, they now strip him naked. Hmm? Imagine we're here now. Now say we want to we want to hang you on the cross. Say remove your shirt. <laughs> eh? Then soldiers were flogging you. You were stripped naked before twelve your disciples and you were the master teacher. You were calling rabbi. You teach, 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 raise the dead, heal lepers, crowds, thousands of people were following you. Thousands, thousands. Perform miracles. Five loaves, two fishes. Men, bam, everybody eats. 4,000 people eating miracle bread. You were the guy that performed it. Now, your shirt has been removed. Flood you, blood is coming. They give you a cross to carry. Then they want to even kill you. They hang you amongst two thieves. One on your right, one on your left. I mean, there is every temptation. You, that's why when Jesus prayed, Lord, if it be your will, let this cup pass away from me. You thought Jesus was just praying. He had envisioned everything. It wasn't easy on the flesh. What shame would you despise to fulfill your vision? What, what thing that looks so shameful are you willing to go through? Say, you know what? I've had this before, I've had this before, I've had this before, but at this time, so I can get to my vision, I'll humble myself, I'll go through this process. What are you enduring today? Maybe sleepless nights. Just to be awake to read. Just to be awake to study. Just wearing one pair of shoes so you can save extra money, so you can go to school. Maybe going to school in the morning, working at night. Or going to school at night, working in the morning. Well, all your friends are going out. You can't. You don't have that leisure. People are, you don't have that time. People are doing this. People are doing that. You don't have... You are enduring a cross. You're enduring something shameful. You are going through something that will not necessarily call enjoyment. But for the joy that's set before you, it's needed. Every one of us here will have to go through this. If the vision for our life will come to pass, there's certain shame we might have to despise. Yeah. Hmm? You're like, I'm too big to do this. Maybe all your mates are buying cars. Big cars. Some people will ask you, do you want to die with your money? <laughs> but you know something you're pursuing. That's why sometimes you find that people work for years and they have nothing to show for it. Because they didn't want to go through that period of, period of endurance. Are you following this? Come on, are you following this? What are you doing today that looks like it's shameful? It's, it's, it's below you. Right? Not something you are ashamed of. Right? Something that looks below you. Maybe going to learn another trade. Maybe telling yourself, I don't speak properly enough. Let me, let me take some classes. Let me read some more books. Or, I think I'm proud. Let me, let me humble myself. Let me go and serve. I think I'm not making enough progress. I want to submit to mentorship again. I need to fix my life again. I need to make the right decisions again. But you do this for the joy that I set before you. You don't do it out of competition. You do it out of vision. Okay? You do it out of vision. As you're seated here tonight, you cannot tell what God will make out of your life. If you pay the price, you discipline yourself, to follow what God is putting in your heart. 
God will make tremendous things out of your life. You see, we admire people when they are succeeding and fulfilling their vision. But we never really ask them what they went through to get that vision fulfilled. And that's what we need to pay more attention to. We don't just need to pay attention to the external things. We need to pay attention to those internal processes. Praise God. Someone will spend maybe six hours studying and reading. And it comes top of the class. Meanwhile, if the, the friends they are with, we're going from one party. You know, if you're in school, somebody will always be born one day. Oh, in school, you can have birthday party every day because that day, somebody somewhere in your department will be giving birth to. You know, even some people will celebrate their friend's younger sister's birthday in her absence. They are, the, the younger sister is, is in Lagos. They are in school in Ibadan. They will organize party in Ibadan to celebrate somebody in Lagos. I mean, so there are all kinds of stuff you could do. I'm not saying you shouldn't celebrate birthdays, but I'm just using that as an example. Right? That, I mean, you could decide to just say, well, we're doing 30 December. All the money that we got, COVID locked us down. We want to free ourselves now. Let's burn it. We'll start again. You can do that. And why people are enduring savings and enduring stuff? You're, you're busy. Expansion. The most funny thing I've seen in this life is how easy it is for money to just be spent. Huh? It can be, it's so easy. You know it's easy to spend money, right? Oh, it's easy. It's easy. Especially if it's not yours. Easier if it's not yours. A bit easy if it is yours. Hmm? Make up your mind that you're going to be someone who will discipline himself or herself for the purpose of the joy that's set before you. Josie Maxwell will put it this way. If you pay now, you will play later. If you play now, you will pay later. Right? Lamentation says that it is good for a young man to bear his yoke. When he's what? When he's young. Now that you are single, you can go without food. Huh? So you can buy a book. So you can pay your school fees. You know that by the time you have children. Huh? Now if you go without food, you can even use that as a motivation. If you go without food, you can just be bouncing and be speaking in tongues. Like, I know I'm hungry today, I will not be hungry tomorrow. You, know, you, can, you can say that. You can say that and enjoy the process. You, right? you can enjoy that process. Right? Just drink water. <laughs> you know, sometimes we need to sit down and tell our stories. There was, there was a time at home, there wasn't food. My parents then were teaching and there was no food. I mean, there was really no food. <laughs> so my, my dad started cutting, going to the forest to cut trees to make firewood and sell. My dad was a vice principal then. My mom was teaching. I think it was that IBB period. Teachers were old for how many months? No salary. So teachers had to look for something to do. That's part of what destroyed the fabric of teaching because it was at that time teachers started bringing melon to break in uh, 
in staff room because I mean they have to eat so at the time they are teaching they will just be breaking melon call students and bring melon. nobody was paying them and that's one of the reasons that destroyed teaching profession so my parents would go out and go and cut firewood to sell firewood so they can make some money to put, mon- put food in the table at that time that's how we learned to fry gary and eat hmm? we'll sow gary we'll allow it to rise now cut it like a car cut it cut it fry it in oil <laughs> It's at that time you know that if they give you soup, this soup is for the whole day. So in your mind, you draw a triangle on the soup. Hmm? So you eat this side in the afternoon, you go and keep it. Eat this side in the middle. We've been through all those things. So you can do that when you are single. But when you have children now, and you have a wife, and there's no food at home, the thought that you cannot feed your children will not bring depression. So it's better you are hungry today so you can feed them tomorrow than you now eat all your money today. They pay you, go and buy shoe, pay you, go and buy bling, pay you, you go and... You are on Instagram competing with people all over the place. Then tomorrow, you now find out that you can't do that. Life is in seasons. Don't jump seasons. The truth of the matter is that it's not over for you. Praise the name of the Lord. I said, it's not over for you. The blessing of God is upon your life. The Holy Spirit is with you. God will bless you. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for everyone here today. We pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you cause this word to be rooted in their hearts. And that we will live a life that's well-pleasing to you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, Lord, you would help us to fulfill the vision that you've called us to. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Are you here? Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575 God bless you.